I got a sale alert for you here, Rory. I'm interested. Just in time for puck drop, tip off, and October baseball, Sportsnet Now is having a sale on its annual pass. Rory, will you be watching October baseball despite the fact our beloved Red Sox are not in the Derby? It's too bad they're not there, but yes, I'm going to be watching. And you know why? I want to see how quickly the New York Yankees get eliminated. <laughs> well, if you want to see if the Yankees do, in fact, get heaved over the top rope, then subscribe to SN Now. Stream more than 500 NHL games this season, blackout free, including the Stanley Cup playoffs. Plus, stream the 2019 NBA champion Raptors, the MLB postseason, minus the Red Sox, your favorite Sportsnet original shows, and much more. You can save 20% until October 15th. Visit snnow.ca for more details. Welcome to Tape to Tape. Rory, we are ready to do this. For real. The 1920 season is here. That means yep. despite all the people in your department who complain <laughs> to you about this, not mentioning any names. I'm doing it for the people out there. Everybody wants <laughs> predictions. predictions. Everyone yes. wants predictions except the people who have to make them. I don't mind. I think it's a fun game. I assume everyone knows not to hold it against us. This episode when we go over When we go over 16 <laughs> on our uh, playoff picks. But yes, today we are laying it out. Yep. We're going to pick eight teams to make the playoffs in the East, eight to make the playoffs in the West. Yep. We will, of course, give a West and East winner and a Stanley Cup winner as well. We're also going to get a Stanley Cup winner from Luke Fox, who's mostly going to talk about the team he covers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, but he's going to give us his prediction for a Cup winner mm-hmm. and three what we're calling crazy yet reasonable yeah, thoughts. Realistic. Yeah. In, in within the realm of yes, possibility. Yes, and we'll give some yes. thoughts on that too on, uh, in the final segment. But let's dive right into it. We'll start with the East and we'll start okay. here. All right. Out of the 16 teams in the East, I would say there are two I'd be comfortable betting my life don't make the playoffs. Ottawa and Detroit. Yes. Would you add another team to that list? You know, Columbus. I yeah? would feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, with the Rangers and Devils making the additions, the improvements that they did already, it's getting tough. And Columbus, I don't think is going to be as bad as Ottawa and Detroit Don't step on my crazy but reasonable thoughts. Okay. <laughs> See, I was thinking about going that way too, but I, they really don't have goaltending. They have no certainty in net whatsoever, right? Like, I still like what they have on the blue line to start with. I like some of the forwards they have, Atkinson and Dubois. But I just think, like, with the goalies that they have with almost zero NHL experience, very, very little... It's going to be hard for them to not only stay where they were last year, but stay ahead of the teams that are making up ground behind. Like I, Philadelphia is a team I want to feel good about this year too, as well. So, well, it's just how do you finish in the top four or five in that division? I, I feel confident Columbus is going to finish out. All right, then who's in Eastern Conference? Go. You want to go down by division? How do you want to do this? Just tell me your okay. uh, your okay. eight playoff teams. If you want to divide it up, go for it. Okay, so I'm going to go Tampa Bay, Toronto. Boston, Montreal, I want to put in, Washington, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. I've been so on the fence 
about what I want to do, you know, with that wild card, but I'm, I am going to go with Philadelphia instead of four and four. I too had, I actually had Philadelphia written in, deleted and put Florida in. I have Washington, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Boston, Toronto, Florida. So I guess if I was going to put them in order just for the sake of dividing them up, I would say Washington, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto, Florida. So what do you like about the Flyers? I just think that really there were two things that really held them back last year. The power play was putrid. But Alain Vignon had a pretty good track record with the Rangers of keeping that team's power play in the top half of the league, which if Philadelphia can do that, and look at the talent they have, right? You have Kachuri, you have Giroux, you have Voracek. You, on defense, you have Bear. Uh, the big knock on Provorov or what's prevented him from really accelerating into a Norris discussion or at least points-wise getting up there into the elite is he really has never produced very well on, on the power play. And I got to believe that's going to come eventually with the shot he has. So I think that's going to improve. And then the goaltending, which I feel is pretty well solved with Carter Hart finally arriving. I mean, there is some proving for him to do. He's still very, very young, and that's a tough position to step into at such a young age and be effective. But he feels like a bit of a uh, an anomaly in that. He's going to stand out. He's going to be different than the norm. So I think with the two upgrades I see in just in those two departments, that Philadelphia is a pretty good bet to get back into the playoffs. And they've been alternating in and out for the last sure. few years, and this would be the year they would get back in New again. coach boost. Are you worried about Pittsburgh at all? And do you think the only thing that can undo Carolina is goaltending? No and yes. Okay. I'm not really worried about Pittsburgh. I actually believe that Malkin is going to have a massive year. I mean, in our pool... Uh, our fantasy pool. He was a target of mine because I just feel like he's going to come in with a bit of a chip on his shoulder this year. When Evgeny Malkin wants to, he can be one of the best players in the NHL. And I feel like this is a year that he gets back up over 100 points, maybe takes a run at the Art Ross or something crazy like that. And with Carolina, yeah, I mean, their defense is stellar. Um, you lose Falk, but I, I think that just means more minutes, more power play time for Dougie Hamilton. Joel Edmondson is a good kind of anchor, stay-at-home guy to kind of stabilize that. The, the additions they made on forward, I mean, I love Eric Halla. I think Andrei Svechnikov is just going to keep getting better and better as a goal scorer there. I almost didn't want to put Carolina in the playoffs because I cannot rely on Peter Morazic. Yeah. Really, really can't. Like, it's entirely possible that neither of their goalies has a 900 save percentage even this year. And if that happens, that's kind of going the way of the Florida Panthers last year, who were a top 10 offense, but second last in save percentage, and they missed the playoffs. So that's a way that this can kind of all crumble around the Carolina Hurricanes this year. Didn't really happen last year. They were able to get through it, but I I can't bet on Morazic having two decent seasons in a row. You don't think Reimer's got bounce back? No, Reimer, Reimer had so many chances to be the number one in Florida when Luongo went down to injuries and he himself couldn't stay healthy or he just wasn't capable. Like He couldn't be consistent enough to take over that job. So if something happens with Morazic, whether it's injury or performance, I have absolutely no faith that Reimer is going to be the one who takes that flag and runs with it. All right, so you think Montreal's getting 
in. We're going to talk a yep. lot about the Leafs with Luke, so we'll we'll pass over them for now. But you think the Canadians are getting in, building on a surprise season last year? Yeah, and that's partly because, a large part, because in the predictions piece on sportsnet.ca, my Vezina pick is Carey Price. Every year that he's been healthy from beginning to end, he's been phenomenal, one of the best goalies in the NHL in the world and kind of what got him away from that discussion was the injuries that and the shortened seasons that he's had to deal with over the last few years so I'm not going to bet on him getting an injury or anything like that I'm going to bet on him being able to stay healthy this year and he is only 30 you know you're getting to the back half but you're not at this point yet where you should start falling off a cliff I think he's got a number of years ahead of him Roberto Luongo and Hendrik Lundqvist good goalies 37 38 years old so if Carey Price wins the Vezina or is that good to be a Vezina finalist I think that alone is going to be enough to really carry the Canadians very far. I mean, they almost got into the playoffs last year, right? So if Carey Price just gets to a little bit of another level, I think that should be enough to get them in. I think you're going to see some development from guys like Suzuki. Kotkaniemi should just be a little bit better. I think Paling is going to end up on this team, even though he's not there to start the season, and, and that should provide a bit of a difference too. I think they'll find a way to find enough offense to to help them out, but for me, the crux of this is, is Carey Price just being amazing this year. So neither of us have Ottawa anywhere near the playoffs, but do you think the Sens are going to be kind of a fun team to watch yeah. at times this year? I yeah, mean, there's, like they were last year at the start yeah. of the year. Like Chicago was... Kind of when after Jeremy Colton got hired and they just didn't care about defense anymore. They were they were fun to watch, but they weren't going to be winning any games. I think Ottawa is a team that it, it will be fun to see what Eric Brandstrom does. It'll be fun to see what Thomas Shabbat, Brady Kachuk, what do these guys do as they kind of grow as NHLers, but... That's not really a recipe for winning. You need some semblance of defense, and I don't really think they're there yet. I think Craig Anderson could very well be a trade candidate at some point this year. And when he's gone too, again, there's a huge question mark in net and what happens. There are some guys that could potentially work their way in as as number ones somewhere down the line, but too many holes, too many young guys, not enough defense. They're going to be bottom of the East, I think, for sure. All right, over to the West. I'll start with the same question. Okay, I have... LA is the only team I bet my life on that doesn't get in. Do you want to add a team to that list? I'm really, really tempted to say Edmonton, but I'm not going to bet my life on that. Don't do that to of yourself. Yeah, that's yeah, right. No, it's, it's, and that's it, right? Yeah, so I, I would stick with the one team. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, so break it down for me. Who do you have going in the imbalanced yeah. West because the Central, I mean, same as the East, the Atlantic is so much better than the Metro, or at least at the top. Yep. Have to say the same about the Central. It's really hard on the wild cards in this one. So let's do the three from each division okay. first. Colorado, Nashville, Dallas, in that order. Okay. Vegas, encroaching a little bit on my bold pick here a bit. Arizona, second, and Calgary, third. And now this is where I'm really tricky because I always thought, well, you got to have five teams from the Central coming out here. And, and now I'm, I'm going to go with St. Louis for the first wild card. Okay. I think they have to get back in. I really like Anaheim's bounce back chances. Yeah. Here. I'm, so I'm going to go with Anaheim. And that means I'm leaving Winnipeg on the outside. Winnipeg on the outside. Looking and, but in. again, this is where I've kind of been back and forth and back and forth because it seems crazy to leave Winnipeg out. But obviously, there's some. Huge concerns on that blue line yeah. if Dustin Bufflin doesn't return. If he does, it, it helps it a little bit. But I don't know if I'm even ready to buy into Connor Hellebuck um, being able to steady that with the questions on defense. Love their offense, but there's a lot of teams that you can say that about too. So right now on this show, I'm going with Anaheim over Winnipeg okay. for the playoffs. Uh, Calgary, what do you see for a team that 
uh, was able to take care of business with Matthew Kachuk before it dragged into the year. You know, big time disappointment for the Flames after yep. winning the Pacific, going out yep. to the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, as it turns out, probably no shame in that given where the Avs are, but clearly this team wants to go a lot farther than it did. Yeah, clearly. And I think I'm not crazy about some of the additions they made, like Milan Lucic, Zach Ronaldo. You know, these guys aren't going to help you put pucks in the net, right? There's yeah. no, there's not enough offense there. But I think those kind of additions are made with playoffs in mind. Because if you see what St. Louis did last year, they kind of brought back this idea of big boy hockey being a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Being, being a factor you needed on your roster in the playoffs. So I'm not going to really hold it too much against Calgary um, bringing in these guys. James Neal obviously was not working, so whatever. But it also kind of takes that that expectation, I guess, uh, or that focus off of Matthew Kachuk that he doesn't have to be the mouth and the guy who has to toss the fists or, or answer physically. Lucic and Ronaldo can kind of take that a little bit too. I just think... I have them taking a little bit of a step back in the regular season because the goalies are still a question mark. I like Riddick, but I don't know if over 82 games that situation is going to be enough to win a division with what else is going on around them there. I think we saw the best season, as we mentioned, on the top 50 ranking uh, of Mark Giordano's career last year. I don't see him putting up those same kind of point totals, and that's going to have an effect on TJ Brody and some of those other blue liners on Calgary too. And and I wonder if Matthew Kachuk can put up the same point totals or not as last year, and if he doesn't, your secondary scoring is going to take a little bit of a hit. There's been some talk of maybe eventually trying Lindholm uh, as a second-line center, and if you do that, his offensive healing ceiling takes a major hit because the only reason he really broke out last year finally was because he was alongside Sean Monahan and Johnny Gaudreau. So sure. there's just some, uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty there, and I feel better about some of the other teams in the Pacific uh, who I have finishing higher than Calgary. Not that I think they're going to make miss the playoffs. I think they're a very good bet to get there, and then the physicality aspect becomes a little bit more of a factor. I wonder if that helps them even a little bit in the playoffs, but I'm, uh, I'll worry about that when I when we get there. I just I feel a little bit softer on them in the regular season this year. I had Vancouver as my disappointment team okay. in yep. our predictions, yep. and then I was looking closer and I thought, I don't know. You yeah. know what? Yep. It's not that hard to see things going right. And Markstrom's been pretty okay for a yep. couple years now, right? And that's kind of what was in my head was that, you know, it was also disappointing relative to growing, growing expectations. But, I mean, you add Tyler Myers to the blue line. You add Quinn Hughes to the blue yes. line. You get yeah. year two for Elias Pettersson. And you hope for a fully healthy Brock Besser. Yep. This team could be knocking on the door. Yeah, you touched on some of the defensemen there, and you keep Adler. You yeah. still have Chris Tanev, and I know these guys have injury concerns and whatever. You're probably going to be without them for, for some spots. But there's a little bit more depth there than there was before. I mean, there's not a ton. I mean, Leo Levy probably gets a call up if, if injuries hit at some point, and that's probably a little bit overdue, or at least you want to see yeah. what he's capable of at the NHL level. But you have that to call on now. You have a third pair that's probably better than it was a year ago. So that in itself will 
will bring you along a little bit better. And I love love the forwards that they have. Obviously, Pedersen could just blow up this year yeah. and have that McDavid light effect on on Vancouver. And if Besser hits, you know, he's a candidate for forty goals. How many Furlan going to get if he's playing up there? He could exactly. be thirty, right? And, and and we've seen it before when he's been paired with good line yeah. mates in Calgary. He had pretty good years, right? Like not only he's going to be a point of game player or anything like that, you'd never expect it. But again, he'll fit. bring that physicality and, and he will bring that net front presence and the ability to kind of overshoot the expectations for points. So, you know, when you're talking about Vancouver and Edmonton, both teams that are rebuilding, not quite where they want to get to yet, possibly both of them or one of them makes the playoffs. I don't think both of them make the playoffs. Yeah. Possibly one of them does. I think the safer bet is actually Vancouver. I was going to open with that with these two teams. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's so many, who's going to play the wing on Edmonton, right? That's the big thing. And do you have to split up the three centers? So you have three lines instead of putting dry settle with McDavid all the time. That's the big storyline there. But if you split them up, I mean, you have to have James Neal hitting 20 goals, which he only got seven last year. I I had him on the over. I have him getting over 20 goals uh, on the predictions this year. But even if he does that, who else? Yeah. Like there's nothing. It's a wasteland on on the wings. All right. Well, you can go check out all those predictions on Sportsnet.ca. Some done against their will, but they did it anyways. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. So let's put a bow on this before we go. In yep. the East, I have in the Metro, Washington, Carolina, Pittsburgh, and the Flyers. Flyers being the wild card team. And in the Atlantic, I have Toronto. Tampa Bay. I have Florida third, actually, and I'll give the wild card to Boston just because I think Florida is going to be pushing hard to get in there. And in the West, I have Nashville, the Dallas Stars, the Winnipeg Jets, the Avalanche, and St. Louis as the fifth central team getting in. Um, And the three Pacific teams I think will make the playoffs are Vegas, Calgary, and San Jose, what have you got? So, division by division, Washington, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. I think we matched up Yeah, there. we did. New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, and Columbus. Then, All out, yeah. Yes, yes. And then, sorry, Philadelphia is the wild card. Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Montreal is the wild card. Florida just out. They're my disappointment team. And I feel even if they just get a wild card spot, that's a little bit of a disappointment. They're my disappointment team because the expectations are so through the roof. I feel the, they can only disappoint this year, right? Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa. And in the West, I have Colorado, Nashville, Dallas, St. Louis, Winnipeg, Chicago, Minnesota, Vegas, Arizona, Calgary, Anaheim, San Jose, Vancouver, Edmonton, Los Angeles. Okay. When we come back, Luke Fox will join us and we're going to talk a lot of Leafs and get some predictions from him. He has some, uh, always has some great thoughts on the season. So uh, we'll see what, uh, what Luke is seeing as he peers into the crystal ball coming up next on Tape to Tape. Oddshark.net is your source for the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Looking for stats and trends for an upcoming game? Oddshark.net has those too, and it's free. Expert in-depth analysis, stats, and trends to help you make the sharp game day picks. Whether you want to get it on the football action, tonight's hockey game, or anything in between, go to oddshark.net. This is not a gambling site.
Johnson, a shot, deflected in on goal, Tavares hammering at it, puck is still free, comes back to the blue line, Barry to Matthews, makes a move in front, they score! Holy mackerel, what a pass! Midair, John Tavares makes it 5 to nothing. The Maple Leafs win it by a score of 5 to nothing. They go 5-3-0 in the exhibition season. The real games start on Wednesday night. We are back. Please be joined now by Luke Fox, Sportsnet's on-the-ground Leafs writer, general league writer, all kinds of things. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Leafs on the eve of this season. So before we jump into what you see coming, why don't you just put a bow on training camp Big takeaways, obviously, Rasmus Sandin was, you know, emerged as the story early on. But what are your takeaways from Leafs camp? Well, in general, I feel like there was so much off-ice chatter about, you know, criticism of the Mitch Marner contract and how much he got overpaid compared to some of the other wingers in the league. And, of course, the Austin Matthews fiasco that what was lost was how good this team looked. I mean, once they, you know, divided the AHL squad from the the real NHL squad, they were just dominant playing against their two games uh, against the Red Wings and Canadians. Freddie Anderson didn't even let in a goal in those games. The defense defense looks way better with Tyson Berry at it. Had a good conversation with Jake Muzzin and how comfortable he is, the fact that he's here from day one as opposed to being parachuted in um i think that was it was quite an adjustment for him last year so the fact that you know his family settled here and and he's ready to go i think that's huge so the blue line which is the glaring weakness looks way better and the stars look better like william nylander looks fantastic Mm -hmm. austin matthews looks even better than he did before got eight points in four preseason games and of course it's exhibition but the fact is this team is rolling into opening night looking really good on the ice. It's really easy to see Matthews and Nylander having monster years. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the fun debate for fans would be who can get more points, the, the Tavares-Marner duo, which did last year, or Nylander-Matthews, which just looks back to normal, back to where they should be. On Nylander, like I was having a conversation with a friend uh, about the contracts in Toronto and like, was it was it an overpay for Matthews? Given you only got him for five years, I mean he's an elite center. Maybe you can get an extra year or two, but it's not a bad contract. Marner was, you know, an, an overpay in regards to how it matches up against the rest of the RFA class. Tavares, that's how you get a guy like that off the free agent market, right? So they're not they're not really a lot of overpays going on there. But then I, I feel like Nylander also gets lumped into this because the four of them together make up that nice round $40 million cap it. But I think this is the year where you kind of realize, oh, geez, Nylander, Nylander's contract's actually going to be a good value, uh, less than $7 million because he's coming in after a full training camp, he's going to be starting game one as opposed to joining the team in December. Like, I don't know. What do you feel about Nealon? I, I feel like this is the year he's really going to pop as a player. Well, he should. And I think, well, a couple of things. I think him going to the world championships mm-hmm. and ending his personal season on a positive note, even though the Leafs season ended on a, another sour note, very familiar one with game seven loss in Boston. <laughs> but for him personally, he went into his summer on a bit of a high because he was he looked so dynamic at the worlds and kind of 
you know, instead of the last image for of hockey for him being a game seven loss and playing center where he's, you know, not quite as effective as right. he is complimenting Matthews on the wing and all that. Um, you know, I think that helped his, his confidence a lot. And just just speaking to him every, every day or every other day, he's just so confident. It's like you kind of wish you had that, like nothing bothers him. And he's just so positive and, and sure in his, his abilities. And, uh, yeah, he just kind of has a little bit more swagger about him. And contract-wise, I think if you just look at the number, it's fine. I think it's just the timing of it, mm-hmm. you know, skewed everyone's, you know, um, kind of vision on, on where it fits. Because if he had, had assigned the same contract in August, I don't think there'd be so much belly aching. It's just the fact that they dragged it on and then he still got something that he probably could have got a couple and, months And earlier. then had an awful year. Right? Yeah, they and then had an awful up. year, yeah. You mentioned Barry. Let's talk about the D. It's been, I guess you'd have to call it the Lisa Achilles heel during mm-hmm. the Matthews Marner era. So right now, Barry Muzzin is written in stone. Another newcomer, Cody Cece, on the right side with Morgan Riley. And now you've got Sandine in the mix and Travis Dermott coming back probably a month or so into the season. Long term, how do you see things playing out in terms of pairings? And I'll throw one at you that got thrown at me on the radio the other day. Do you think there's a chance or a good chance that CC falls out of the top four and someone pushes him out? How do you see things going over the next few months? I think there's a chance, but I think Babcock's had this in his mind that he really wants a righty lefty split. Like part, I think, and I think part of the reason is kind of like Dubas knows that he, the coach wants that he went out and got that. He found two, capable right shot defenseman uh to play with the the lefties in in riley and um uh muzzin so it's kind of like it's on you now here you go you want it you wanted your perfect balance you have it now make it work so i think babcock will stick with the the top four as is for a while uh, and give cc and, and muzzin and barry like these new combinations time to to gel that said if say CC looks horrible and Sandine is just looking fantastic. I've talked to him. He's comfortable playing either side. Um, there is a chance, but I, I think they'll give it a, a good month or two before they, they start to consider yeah. that. But when you bring Dermot, when Dermot's finally healthy, you know, that that's, it's not a bad top six. It's not. And you know, I was even thinking long-term here, like let's say for salary cap purposes, they have to let go of Barry and Muzzin, and CC next year. Well, that's a blow, obviously, but you wonder if Riley, Sandine, and Dermot actually forms the spine of a decent top six moving forward. I mean, this is the whole thing, is if you're going to pay these guys, you have to draft well, and now they've already demonstrated they've found a guy at the end of the first round. I mean, he hasn't played an NHL game yet. We don't mm-hmm. can't speak with great certainty, but, you know, 18 months after they've drafted him, he looks ready for the NHL. That's how you make this paying your top end guys work, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that has to be the plan. Of those three, I don't know if they can keep one. Maybe one. Yeah, maybe. Like, 
Like those guys are probably gone. Yeah. And what and what Dubis has done looking for the value forwards on the fourth lines, the Spetsas, the Batan who who was waived, the Ennises mm-hmm. last year, you kind of now probably fill in the defense around Riley, Sandine, and Dermot, I would think. Yeah. Now what's what's interesting is that Dermot's RFA at the end of the year. Right. So he needs a raise. So that's probably your priority. And then you hope that maybe 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 Cece gets rejuvenated here. I mean, a guy like Barry, it would be hard to envision him resigning just because of the math, not because he doesn't like it here or they don't like him. But if if he is as good as he looks, you know, he could threaten sixty points and command eight million, or you know, and then like how do you how do you possibly fit him in? So you're banking on. Sandine getting great use out of him when he's still on his entry level. Hopefully Dermot doesn't break the bank um, on his RFA contract. And then you're you're hoping a guy like Lilligren or, or someone right. in the Marlies is takes another step. takes another step. You know, not this season, but is ready for next September. Ago. Yeah, uh, on Lilligren, like, do you think Lilligren is still going to be an NHL defenseman? Like, this guy was the number two ranked prospect in his draft year. And then he got mono and there was a whole bunch of complications mm-hmm. with that. And he fell down to the Leafs, but like he hasn't really built on anything. I know he's on the team to start the season, but that seems more of a, of a cap move than him earning a spot on the team. And he'll be da- back down with the Marlies before long. But I mean, he underwhelmed in training camps by all reports. Do you think he still is a guy who will eventually be an NHL defenseman? I he, think he, abso- they have to be, he has well, to be almost right because of the money. I think he absolutely has a shot. Um, you know, the fact that he holds his stick right helps his helps his right. case. Uh, he's not there yet, and I think he's gotten a bit of negative. Some negativity is spilled onto him just because Sandine has been so awesome mm-hmm. and taken off so much that he's kind of left this guy in his his wake. So people are a little bit down on him. But you have to remember, he's twenty years old. Generally, mm-hmm. defensemen come into their own you know closer to their mid-20s so i you know give him some time i, I talked to sheldon keith about him a couple times last year and he he saw a big growth from his rookie year with the marlies to last year and he also was dealing with a high ankle sprain so mm-hmm. um you know if he's healthy uh I, I could see him getting back on track but you know sandine has definitely you know cl- cleared him so We'll see. The, yeah. the, the short answer is, is we don't really know. But I, I would say don't give him up on him yet because he's only 20 years old. And uh, I had a chat with him yesterday, and it, it, confidence is also an issue, almost mm. more so than yeah. talent. So he just needs to get feeling good about himself at, at the farm club level, and, and we'll see. So would you say there are any major questions hanging over the Leafs this season? I mean, when you look at the roster top to bottom, is it just kind of, you know, Locked and loaded, and let's see what happens come playoff time. Yeah, I, I think they're they're not certain on the backup goaltender. I think Hutchinson's fine, but you know there's a reason they brought in Neuverth to try out. They're not completely satisfied with their goaltending depth. You know, you could say it about most teams that if their starting goaltender gets injured, they're in trouble. But I think the Leafs might be in more trouble than most. They just depend on Freddie. More than anyone, no no goaltenders played more hockey than Frederick Anderson since he joined Toronto in the whole league. And Babcock is really reluctant to, you know, monitor his workload too yeah. much because he wants to get into the playoffs and he wants to have home ice in the well, playoffs. Well, I was going to say, I think he 
this year especially, and I'd be curious to get your take, really wants to win the division so that ideally yeah. you can avoid a scenario where you have to go through Boston and Tampa Bay to get out of the Atlantic. Yeah, and there, there is a belief in the organization that if they had Game 7 at home, if they had an extra home game, maybe they win the series. Like, or you could have just won Game 6 at home. But. Yeah, they could have won Game 6 at home. They should have won Game 6 at home. Uh, so, you, you know, you just hope that these are learning experiences and this is what good teams have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Washington went through it. St. Louis went through it. Like, most teams lose a bunch before they finally win. And, yeah. and that's kind of the philosophical thinking amongst Kyle Dubas and, and Babcock that these are growing pains. Sure. They're going to get stronger, but... I will never forget talking to Patrick Marlowe uh, after that game seven loss. And I asked him, you know, like, what's wrong with this team? Like, what, why can't this team get over the hump? And he's like, it's the killer instinct. They, we just don't have the killer instinct yet. And, you know, that maybe that comes with time. And, and you know, they certainly uh, have the talent because yeah, that no, it's no, kind of shit. it's kind of these other things. Yeah. You know, yeah. But and Bo- like Boston had that. Yeah. Yeah. Given the um given the pains they kind of went through to give Babcock the ready lefty split on the back end, um the money that they spent on these guys which really has kind of defined a window here for the Leafs to go at the Stanley Cup and this might be the best chance mm. even this this year. Um and if he rides Anderson again to a, a really high games played number, how on the hot seat do you think Babcock is this year and how far do the Leafs have to go to take him off of it? I think they have to win a round minimum. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who they draw. Like, they could draw Tampa, and Tampa could be the President's Trophy winners again by a mile and not have home ice. But if they don't win a round, I, I, would, I would think he's done. Right. Like, at, at a certain point, you know, yes, he has the pedigree. He's, you know, by all accounts, you know, players are blown away by his preparation, and he practices, uh, runs a really tight practice that, that guys respect. But yeah, at some point results results matter. Yeah. You got to win. the The only other way is is if they really struggle out of the gate for some reason, right. and like start tumbling. Then I think the heat could get cranked. Hmm. But as long as they're in the mix, I think he gets a, a shot to see what he can do in the playoffs. So where do you think this team goes? What's the story of this season for them? I'm I'm optimistic just because of how good they look in camp. The fact they finally address the blue line like in Barry and Riley you have two of the top I don't know eight ten offensive defensemen in yeah, the whole sure. world Guys, yeah. you just fly like yeah. watching Barry uh, even though it's it's obviously just camp but he's a difference maker yeah defense is more dynamic too because the book on the Leafs was just dump it into the right side that's that's their weak spot now they have more balance, and if these pairings aren't, aren't working, they can mix them up a, l- a little bit more. Like th- th- there's just more flexibility on the back end, and you know we'll we'll see. But Sandine looks like the real deal too. So I have high hopes for them. Like we, we were asked to do our predictions, and I had them coming out of the East. I, I think it's time for uh, for this group to to do something. All right. Well, let's zoom out a little bit. On that note, uh, people can go to sportsnet.ca and read your piece now about the 20 people who will most influence the 1920 season. Before you came on, we asked you to prepare some what we're calling crazy yet reasonable predictions for this season. So have you got a few thoughts uh, for for the viewers and listeners out there? Yeah. One I have is that 
Alex Petrangelo will no longer be a member of the St. Louis Ooh. Blues. Mm. In if, season, before the season fa- ends? If they falter, it, like if they have a chance to repeat, like if they're, if they're in the mix, then they're not, not going to be a seller. And it'll happen after the season. But if, if they falter, it could happen in season. You think the wow. fault trade signaled that, that? I think so. Yeah. And like, how would you feel if you're the captain of the team, your right shot, used to playing power play, and then all of a sudden, you, they trade for a guy around, around mm-hmm. your age, around your experience, same right shot, used to top four minutes, and he automatically gets a really long-term extension. Yeah, yeah. And Doug Armstrong also has a history of not being afraid. It's true. A recent history. He could have traded Alex Petrangelo yeah. last year, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, well, he, he totally was going yeah, to. Yeah, he was ready. So I, I just think finances and the fact that they're loaded up on right shot D and there's younger like a, a guy like Pareko and, and Vince they, Dunn. Vince Dunn. His like, power play time was going up. There's last younger year. guys coming and I and I feel like he did this with David Backus too. Uh and Stastny. Mm-hmm. Like he, he he's kind of wrapped his head uh around when you start to get older and then you want to cash in, you know, maybe that's the time to, sure. to, move, to Don't move mess on. around. Not that not that Falk's super young, but how many of the yeah. old, older right shot deed you want to commit long term sure to. and if you're Petrangelo you want long term and if he was your guy why didn't you re-sign him in the summer yeah mm-hmm. the other one is that the Oilers will still stink <laughs> maybe that's very yeah, reasonable maybe that's let's note here you didn't say struggle or scuffle you no. said stink yeah which... I, I think they're going to be really bad yeah. and it, and I feel bad for you know Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl mm-hmm. and Connor but I think there's all this hope because they got a new coach, they got a GM, and, and the, these guys have great reputations that they're going to start to turn things around. But when you look at their roster beyond that, I still don't think they have the secondary scoring. I still don't think they have the defense. And I'm worried about their goaltending. Well, the funny sure. thing yeah. is, even if they have the first two things you mentioned, even if you know James Neal pops 33 and the defense is a little better than expected... If they don't get the goaltending, it's probably still not going to be good enough. Yeah, Koskinen's not it. And then it's hard to imagine Mike Smith being better than he was last year. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, it's true. He, he was up and down, and, and he got into a groove. I, I just, I don't know. I just don't trust that, that team. There will be spurts and stretches where one of those goalies, like Mike Smith did last year, yeah. just catches fire, right? Yeah. And then you'll have a little bit, and then that'll fall away, and maybe you turn back to the other goalie, and there's no guarantee that he's going to follow that up with anything well, and that can sustain it. He has it. trouble staying healthy. Yeah. And I, don't, I just don't know. I just don't. I think over 82 games, it's, it's going to be tough. And I just think you look at the division, I think there's you yeah. know four Five teams better. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, not, think, not the Kings. But. Do you think Vancouver then finishes better than Edmonton? Edmonton? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I do too, I think. Yes. Yeah. And then the, the other one was that uh, something crazy is going to happen in Montreal. Whoa. I think I think there's, there's so much pressure on that team, and they're either going to make a big splash with a trade, like Bergevin's going to get desperate because he's going to feel like, his job's in danger. Plus, they actually have cap space and picks mm-hmm. that they can be one of the few teams that can be a buyer. I hear Petrangelo's available. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think they didn't, they didn't do much. In this. Like, they tried. They, mm-hmm. You know, they tried the offer sheet for Ajo. But I, I don't see where the goals are coming. Drouin looks mm-hmm. like a mess. I, yeah. I just think that that team's going to 
start to panic because they're going to realize that their best two players, Weber and Price, are getting older. They're not getting enough scoring. The division around them, Real like tough. Rory's Panthers, have all gotten better. <laughs> Real tough. Uh, and so I, I think they're going to make some headlines midseason. All right. Yeah. So you got the Leafs in the final. Who are they playing and what's going down? They're playing the Dallas Stars. Sexy little pick out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm big on J- the work Jim Nil did this summer. Yeah. I think getting Joe Pavels- Pavelski into that room yeah. is fantastic. I like their decor. I like that they're still on the rise. Yeah, there's a few Heiskanen guys there. Yeah, Klingberg. Hints. Yes, Rupe Hints, Hints is a uh, you know fantasy sleeper. Sure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. if it's not too late for you. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't done your draft. Uh, so I think they finally got the secondary scoring. They get a little bit of leadership in Pavelski, which uh, quietly, even though you know Jamie Ben's a superstar in this league, the sense was that they wanted some some maturity and some leadership in that room. That like. The trade for Andrew Cogliano kind of showed that they were looking to add some more veterans in the mix. I'm not sold on Corey Perry that that he can low risk bet, it, but it's low a low risk, risk bet. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I just like that team. I like you know they they were one goal away yeah from knocking off St. Louis. They were that close. There was yeah. a Jamie Ben wraparound yes. in yeah. that overtime, right? And I think it was yeah. Jay Bowmeister's stick was yeah. right there and got in the way of it. And then they were that close mm-hmm. to going to the West Final, and you could see it turn with Dallas. When they got Zuccarello at the trade deadline, he played those first two games, was good, and then broke his arm, and then came back, and their offense kind of took off when they had a secondary scoring yeah, line, yeah. lo and behold, right? And now that you get Pavelski, yeah. and hints you saw coming along, absolutely, got two lines now. The defense last year was excellent, going to keep getting better, and a Vesna finalist there and Ben Bishop. And, and the, a good the pieces duo, right? seem to be there. And Bishop, you know... Everyone knocks his his health and his ability to stay healthy, but Kudobin's like a yeah. really yeah. Solid he's only got to play fifty. Yeah, and he's and he's capable of carrying the load if he go, does get hurt for three weeks in a row. You know what I mean? That's an advantage Dallas has over over Toronto. Is is that number two is is a solid one? All so. right, well, definitely a team to watch, Luke. Yep. You'll be covering the Leafs and the whole league all year. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, gents. All right, that is Sportsnet's Luke Fox. When we come back on the other side of the break, Rory and I will give you our Stanley Cup winners and a few crazy predictions of our own. Stick around for that on Tape to Tape. Sportsnet's weekly NHL newsletter is coming to your inbox this season. Written and produced by me, NHL editor and tape-to-tape co-host Rory Boylan, Sportsnet's NHL newsletter will deliver original content you can't find anywhere else, plus all the most important news, analysis, and videos of the week. My hair is going gray turning this thing out. My pet's heads are falling off, Ryan. Please, subscribe to this newsletter. Okay, two questions. If I read this newsletter, will it tell me how to beat you in the two fantasy pools we're in together? And where do I get it? Yes, it probably will help you beat me in anything that you play against me this year. And you can find it if you sign up now at sportsnet.ca slash newsletters. That's sportsnet.ca slash newsletters to get the most in-depth, exclusive hockey coverage delivered directly to your inbox from me, Rory Boylan. We 
are back. Okay, Rory, give me three crazy but reasonable thoughts on this coming season. Okay, Patrick Laine wins the Rocket Richard with at least 55 goals okay. this year. Our fantasy guy, Nick Alberga, always talks about contract years being a big influence in guys to target because they're going to overshoot their production. He's not in a contract year. He's got two years, but he is playing for that big next contract, sure. so I think that's going to weigh on him. Anaheim finishes with home ice advantage in Woo! round one of the playoffs. I just, it's John you, Gibson, man, and I think Getzlaff is going to be better. I think guys like Raquel, his shooting percentage super low last year. Andre Kasha was on his way to a breakout before injuries hit. He's another guy. Sam Steele, like they're one of the best drafting teams in the entire NHL. And now you've got some of these young guys pushing, still love their defense. And the Pacific just seems kind of wide open to me uh, right now. So that's my second one. And the third one, I couldn't actually do this. I know I just picked Boston to finish third in the Atlantic. I don't feel great about it, but I had to do it because I'm afraid of picking against them. But my bold prediction is that Boston misses the playoffs this year. I thought I was going crazy putting them fourth. Okay, what do you see happening there? Yeah, just because Tampa Bay and Toronto are pretty good locks, right? Um, Obviously, I feel good about Montreal if Carey Price has that season. And that means the tough decision of leaving Florida out. So all those teams could potentially finish higher than Boston this year. Um, and that would leave four teams from the uh, Metro to get into the playoffs, which we talked about. So I just see I just see that being the potential path. And they've played a ton of hockey yeah, over the have. last few years, right? Eventually, that usually catches up to teams. I have, speaking of Boston, the Leafs losing in the first round to a team that is in Boston. This is really just <laughs> a reminder that, you know, no matter how good you are, and I think the Leafs are fantastic... There's so many other good teams out there, yep. and you know, look no further than what happened to Tampa Bay last year. Absolutely. You know, the Leafs will push and push and push, and maybe finish first in the Atlantic to get away, and then end up drawing an upstart Flyers team yes. or a Florida team that's putting it together a Bobrovsky wall yep. for two weeks. Yep. I too have a Rocket Richard related one. Yeah. I was going to say someone other than Ovi. I wasn't willing to go. <laughs> All the way to line A, just that someone other than Ovechkin. Uh, to keep bringing him back to Boston, I kind of wonder if Pasternak's a sneaky bet. Ooh, maybe, I like it. maybe that yeah. would be, uh, maybe that contravenes our, our thoughts of them slightly falling down the standings. But that's, I, I feel like How about someone. Austin Matthews? Someone, yes, actually, you know what? <laughs> that is, uh, that's a very likely candidate. I do think he and, and William Nylander, as we talked about with Luke, are primed to just. Yes to go off i don't think columbus is going to be a disaster Hmm. part of what i'm putting stock in is we know nothing about goaltending yeah so while there's no great body of work with corpusalo can we not write off the names of five goalies a year you know yeah and then i just look at the roster and i think you know we all know how much you love all uh, i mean the hardcores the tape to tape hardcores (laughs) no oliver bjorkstrand is one of your long running favorites yeah a wenberg bounce back sure a luke dubois uh pierre luke dubois step forward a seth jones norris trophy warensky they just have horses they have some guys coming i just don't think they're gonna be a disaster and reasonable yeah and just for fun uh i had barkoff winning the heart so that I'm, one stood out to me. Yeah. yeah. That you know means what? points and like selkie contention. But everyone yeah. knows how good he is. Yep. And now that he's up in the 95-point range, I just think that campaign could take on uh, a lot of momentum quickly. Okay, so we've given our playoff teams in the East and West. Yep. Who do you love in the West and who do you think 
is going to emerge as the West winner. The West is so tough, but um, I'm once again going with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. I just I love obviously their first line, which is the headline line for them with Marcia So and Smith and Carlson is still very, very good. But I think it's going to be their second best yeah. line this year. And if you have I think we talked about this last episode, Pacioretty um, on your or Mark Stone on your fantasy team, I think they're going to have blow up seasons. Cody Aiken is their third line center too is a really great place to be. I think Shea Theodore is going to take a step this year too. The defense is good. It's just a matter of I think the key for them, if they want to go on a long playoff run, is keep Marc-Andre Fleury's regular season load time low. Yeah, Load manage that guy. Keep it below 50 starts, and then he's going to be a little bit more fresh. Out of the East, Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. This is the year it has to happen. With the, all the uncertainty on the horizon, on the blue line, who they can keep, who they can't keep, this is their best It is shot true. I mean, right we were now. talking with Luke, and I do believe that that the Leafs can find a way to make it work with the defense moving yep. forward, especially if Sandine keeps on the trajectory he is. But you're right. Yeah. You look at it this year, and clearly there is a bit of a, not now or never, that would be crazy to say, but yeah. you can draw a big circle around this year where they're going to have Barry Muzzin and to a far yes. less degree Cody Ceci and say, you better make some hay while the sun shines. And I think the big argument to counter their candidacy for the Stanley Cup this year or Eastern Conference Championship is the new the amount of new bodies they brought in. But you know who brought in a ton of new bodies last year? The St. Louis yeah. Blues, right? Including the Conn Smythe winner, including the goalie who came out of nowhere to correct their, their whole season. So I don't think that's a knock. Maybe it's just a little bit of a slower start this year than we saw last year, but I think this is there's too much talent to just get going. So they're all also, the Toronto Maple Leafs are my Stanley Cup pick. Okay. Year. Bam. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to do that, but here we are. <laughs> well, I too had Vegas coming out of the West, though I will say on the predictions, I was jealous of everyone who picked Nashville. I was like, oh, I do kind of like that pick, mm-hmm. but it is the balance in Vegas that I like. Yep. I am picking Tampa Bay until they win it. Uh, I, I texted <laughs> a guy on my hockey team who was giving me grief for not picking the Leafs on sportsnet.ca and I said I'm picking Tampa till they win it and yeah. then if Toronto hasn't won at that point I'll flip over to the Leafs sure. and pick them but odds are what, odds keep are. throwing that talent out oh right? my god it'll, keep it'll running click. it back yeah, yeah. well yeah. there you have it we are officially in the world where uh, people are picking the Leafs to win the Stanley Cup and it's not even we're not even categorizing that as crazy but reasonable it's just yep. like yeah no that that could happen yep. um Man, it's always exciting to uh, to be here on the eve of the new season. Thanks so much to Luke for stopping by. Yep. Always a pleasure to have him. You can, of course, catch the Tape to Tape podcast every week. Check it out on iTunes. Go to sportsnet.ca. Follow Rory on Twitter, at Rory Boylan. Myself, Dixon on Sports. And come back next week and all season for more glass rattling hockey action on Tape to Tape. Oh, those were hot takes we had. Hot takes. Oh, my hot God. Takes. That's crazy. <laughs> Attention. Someone has picked this beast to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs>